0: Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. My next guest is Dr. Alan uh, Kirby, uh, OBE. He's the UK director of uh, Leading uh, the Way, and he joins us now. Good morning uh, to you, Alan. What's the weather like? Up? Are you, are you? I didn't ask you where you were located this morning because you're you're in the process of moving house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Good morning. Good morning, Blair. Um, so, so I am in uh, sunny Dorset at the moment. So probably not 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 too far from um, from where you are. Uh, The the sun is shining, it's a beautiful day, but as you mentioned, I'm in the process of moving house, which is a little bit of a distraction, um, and and I can't enjoy this beautiful weather as I would like to, so...
0: Yeah, I know the feeling, Alan. You know that I was on a cruise last week, actually, and uh, one of one, uh, of one of the few that went went round the Britain, you know. And uh, of course, we weren't allowed we weren't allowed off the ship uh, in any way, you know, because of of the dreaded COVID thing, you know. Yeah. But it was just nice to get away. But have you? Uh, hopefully, Wonderful. you'll you'll have something to look forward to when you've moved house. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So so. Uh, maybe we should start for people who don't know about saying just a little bit you know about leading the way i mean clearly you're you're very closely working with the ministry of dr michael Youssef, but for people who don't know anything about that tell us something about the ministry
1: yes so 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 leading the way is um uh, a, an organization that was founded um by uh, uh dr Michael Youssef, who is an international bible teacher um uh ministry um, 33 years ago. Uh, basically, it's a ministry that communicates the, um, the gospel and solid Bible teaching uh, through modern methods of communication, so through TV, through radio, through satellite, uh, internet, social media, uh, and, and so on. Um, and it started out as a, a small radio station in Atlanta in, in the U.S., and it's now a global Ministry, which is you know working to blanket the globe with the with the gospel and it simply uses the power of the media to reach the lost uh, and um, disciple um, believers so if you look at a you know a typical week at the moment, then leading the way would broadcast programs something like thirteen thousand times a week uh, in twenty six languages programs go out over uh, across six uh, continents and and particularly into the more harder to reach um, locations of the world uh, and literally you know millions and millions of, of people are being uh, reached by this um you know this um uh, this this gospel um channel um i i met michael youssef um, who is the the founder and the president of the organization um uh, ab- about three years ago I, I was introduced to him by a friend um i, I was really not looking for another role at that time. And I remember saying, saying to my wife the the day before I met Michael that, you know, I was just too busy. I wanted to give some things up. Um, and when I, when I met Michael, um, he told me that he was looking for someone to lead the work of leading the way uh, in the UK. Um, and after sitting down with him for a couple of hours, um, we, we, we discovered that we had many many things in, in common. So Michael was born in Egypt, um, he was converted in Egypt. He then moved to Sydney, Australia to attend theological college. Uh, he actually went to um, uh, Moore theological college in in Sydney. Um, I spent some time working in Sydney. Uh, I got to know the principal of Moore College really well. Um, Michael knew uh, uh, the, the principal and, and he was late to become the Archbishop of Sydney. And we discovered during that time that we we had so many mutual acquaintances in Australia and, and in the UK. And I, I was just so impressed by Michael Youssef's passion about proclaiming uh, the truth of God's word in uh, an uncompromising way. Uh, and the other thing that really impressed me was his deep love for the UK. And during the course of our conversation, he kept referring to um, you know the sort of the English Reformation, and it was England that gave us the Tyndale Bible. And he was talking about the West, you know, the Wesleyan revival, and uh, and the great preachers of the past. So, you know, people like Charles Spurgeon, uh, the Wesley brothers, George Whitfield, and I also discovered that that he was mentored by a man called John Stott, who who many of your listeners, I'm sure, will have heard of. You know, who is you know still a highly respected um bible teaching uh, teacher and scholar uh, and after two hours with 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 michael i i was just totally blown away by this extraordinary ministry and i, and I knew that this is something that i wanted to be part of and you know I, I think it became apparent that this was god's you know sort of plan for my life you know for the for, for the next few years so Um, yeah that's that's leading the way and uh, a a little bit about how i uh, met dr michael Yusev. you're listening to community now on hope fm with keith jones bookshop serving the community for over 50 years visit keithjones.co.uk
0: we have experienced the abundance of god's blessings in jesus christ and therefore we cannot help but tell the good news from humble beginnings Leading the Way has become an international outreach ministry, shining the light of Christ into some of the darkest places in the world. In Ethiopia, the gift of God's Word is reaching some of the most deprived and needy communities. Prostitutes, drug addicts, and the homeless are receiving the good news of Jesus through Leading the Way's solar-powered audio Bibles called Navigators. £30,000 is now needed urgently to reach our target of distributing an additional 5,000 of these vital devices. A gift today will help Leading the Way share the gospel with 50,000 more people across the heart of Africa through this innovative technology. Please call 0800 432 0419. Thank you. Well, you heard the little ad there from Leading the Way and its UK uh, director, uh, Dr Alan Kirby, is my very special guest today. Uh, Alan, uh, I guess I ought to turn the clock back even further and, and talk to you a little bit about your own uh, coming-to-faith journey because that, that was quite a journey for you, wasn't it?
1: Um. Yes, if if I I can just go back to to, to the beginning. So, um, I I was born uh, and brought up in London in the 1950s. Uh, I moved to the West Country with my parents um, when I was about uh, 11, uh, I think. Um, My father um, was a Christian, but had drifted away from God for many years. Um, And a couple of years after we moved away from London, he became seriously ill. Uh, with a a rare form of uh, of leukemia, uh, and I know the pro- the prognosis was was not good and I remember him telling me that uh, that one night when he was in hospital he got out of bed and he got down on his knees and he prayed that before he died he would see the rest of his family come uh, to know the lord um, and not only did he make a full recovery to the Amazement of the the medical team, uh, but my mother, my brother, my sister, and I all became Christians within uh, about a six month period uh, of that, um, through through various means, um, and we were all baptized together a, a few months later. Um, so that was that. You know, that was just a you know an amazing story. But but my own conversion story um i became a christian through meeting a young lady uh who was later to become uh, my wife uh this this was in 1968 um we will have been married for 50 years later this year which is quite a a, a milestone mm-hmm. um we met uh in a little chapel in cheddar in somerset um and uh, as as i look back you know i can see that you know i was going simply through the the motions of being a christian you know attending meetings you know doing trying to do good things and and so on um and one day um my wife um said to me she said are are you a christian very bluntly um and i said well actually i don't think i am and uh, and then she said again very bluntly well you better do something about it then um (laughs) so um and and I often think back um, you know, to, to, to that time and, and there are milestones that you uh that you recognize in your life. And if that young lady who later became my wife hadn't asked that question and resulted in me responding to that, um you, you know, that, that that was something that, that, that changed my life and if I hadn't met her and if she hadn't asked that question then, you know, where, where would I be now? But I remember um, uh, after that incident, I remember her father sitting down with me and explaining um, the, the gospel story very very simply. Um, you know, that, that sin came into the world through disobedience, uh, that men and women became separated from God because of that sin, uh, that there was nothing that we can do of ourselves to restore that relationship. Um, but Jesus' death on the cross provided Um, the only way back to God. Uh, And it became very clear to me very quickly, you know, that it's not by doing good works, but it's through faith and repentance uh, and forgiveness. So, you know, very, very simple. Um, And a key moment in that whole sort of process was um, me reading a couple of verses from the book of Romans. So Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, uh, which, which says simply that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, and the Apostle Paul, you know, then goes on to say, for it is with, with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Um, and at that moment, you know, you know, where I followed those Bible verses, when I confessed and believed and repented, I knew immediately that that, that my sins had been forgiven. Um, My relationship with God had been restored. Um, And and for the first time I was given uh, a sense of hope, peace and comfort that I'd never ever experienced before. Um, You know, I had the, the assurance of an eternal destiny uh, and and I knew that my life had been changed forever, and from that moment on, uh, that decision, you know, has influenced my family, my relationships, my career path, uh, and probably, uh, you know, every decision that I, you know, I, I have made since that time. And and I and I think it's. Um, Sorry,
0: sorry, Blair. No, I, I was going to say that. Uh, just going back to your father's prayer. I mean, it's incredible, yeah. isn't it? You know, because we talk about the importance of prayer, but that the chain reaction that took place. You know, from that mm. very critical time of your dad's uh, illness, and then his obviously his yes. healing, but then obviously all all that followed. Uh, I guess that one of the things I, w- I wanted to talk to you about was your visit to the, to the Hebrides. We did talk about this mm. before, but it, it's really bi- basic on the prayer theme because i know that you made a pilgrimage yep. and you you went up to the hebrides to the, did you go to the island of mm. lewis where of course there had been yeah. there'd been a great outpouring of the of god's spirit many many people coming to mm. faith but but because of the prayer of some very faithful people mm. yes can I say about that
1: yes yeah so um, when i became a christian at the age of 18 um, uh, one thing that God laid on my heart very, very clearly at that time was um, a real passion for renewal in the church and and revival in the, the nation. Uh, and at this time, um, I, I was working in full-time Christian ministry, um, and I wanted to meet before it was too late people who had actually gone through um, a revival. Um, you know, where where God uh, moves powerfully through a community, a town, or even a whole nation. So I did some research. I knew that the last great move of God across the UK was uh, on the Isle of Lewis, um, and that happened in the 1950s under the ministry of Duncan Campbell. So I really made it my business to try and find someone or some people who had actually experienced that. So I made contact with... Uh, a man called Donald Smith, uh, who, when I contacted him, uh, this, this is going back to the uh, to, to 1997, uh, he was in his seventies. He would have been in his twenties when the revival broke out, and he invited me up to uh, up to Lewis, um, and I spent two days with him, uh, just just travelling around, um, you know, quite quite a, a an isolated and. Uh, desolate um, place, and he took me to isolated farmhouses. And I remember sitting round kitchen tables, talking to people who had gone through that revival. Again, they were in their seventies when I met them; they were in their twenties when the revival broke out. And I was just totally blown away by the stories that they were that they were sharing. So they they were talking about you know roads being gridlocked. Um, by people wanting to get to church or chapel to hear Duncan Campbell preach. Um, they shared stories of workers who were working in the field who fell down on their faces in the field while they were working um, under the conviction of sin. And the the most extraordinary thing that they told me was that, um, uh, that, the, that the power and the presence and the glory of God was so strong that even passengers on passing ships were affected by that, and as we know, you know, as as a result of that that move of God in the 1950s, many thousands of people were um, were were converted. And Blair is, as you mentioned, you know, that all started because uh, I think I think it was three or four old ladies just spent night after night.
0: I think two of them um, were blind, were
1: not they? In, in mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And another thing that I recall is that I remember uh, reading the story of uh, a pastor um, who heard about the Hebridean revival and, and he said to Leonard Ravenhill, who's a, a well known um, Christian um, speaker and writer, uh, he, he said, We wish revival would come to us as it came to the Hebrides. Um, and Ravenhill replied, if i can remember the words uh revival didn't come to the hebrides by wishing um the heavens opened and the power of the lord swept across those islands because a group of people waited tear-stained and traveling before the throne uh, of the living god so that great move of god started with these old ladies you know who had that real burden to see god break into society and you know, change Christians' lives and see many, many thousands converted through that so it's just an amazing story
0: and of course many of the people probably Duncan uh, Donald Smith himself uh, they will be with the lord right now although yes. there is there are some records uh, you know uh, on the internet where where there are people recorded who did go through uh, that yeah. re- that revival it, that must yeah. have that must have really wet your your appetite as a as a young man you know did, did, did it have a profound effect yeah. on you
1: it was it was totally a, a life-changing um experience and um you know if we if if we look at the world that we're living in today you know i mean my my constant prayer the constant prayer of many other christians you know is that we would see god move again in that way across our nation um you, you know we're, we're living in a time where um you know, where biblical truth is not up, upheld in our nation to the extent that it should. You know, if you look at the key pillars of society, so government, education, the family, uh, you know, I- even the church where the gospel message has been diluted. And and maybe we say that the only way that is going to be turned around is for God to break in again in our nation uh, in, in that very powerful way and blair i don't i don't know if, if there's time but can can i just conclude that story yes do um, it, please do um, so after i um had met donald smith um, on the on the isle of lewis uh, at that time i was um working uh, on the edges of um helping to organize uh, a, a big prayer event at Wembley stadium called champion of the world in 1997 which Some of your listeners may remember. And when I got back from from Lewis, um, I um, called Gerald Coates, uh, who was involved in that event. And I I said to him, I've just met this man on the Isle of Lewis. He's got this amazing story. We we have to invite him down to Wembley to give his testimony. Um, So Donald Smith, who had probably never traveled further than Glasgow, um, he'd never been on an aeroplane. Uh, he flew from Stornoway down to London and stood in front of 50,000 people at Wempley Stadium and gave his testimony. Um, and that was just, you know, such an amazing uh, experience. And one thing that we wanted to do was to, because Donald Smith had actually lived through this this move of God, we wanted to symbolically get Donald to hand over the, you know, the baton of revival to the next generation. So we found four young people from England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, uh, and we were hoping that we might be able to use a, you know, a torch, a flaming torch as the symbol of handing over, you know, that, 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 that sense of, uh, of revival. We weren't allowed to do that. But what Donald did was to drape the flag the national flag of England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales around those four young people, indicating symbolically that he was handing over that, you know, that that um, that 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 baton of uh, of revival, um, and he g- he gave the most amazing testimony in front of twenty thousand uh, fifty thousand people, um, and people were in tears; they were moved. And I think there was just such a great longing at that time, you know, you know, Lord, we need to see this happen again. And this is the thing that will really change our nation.
0: This is Hope FM. And Dr. Alan Kirby is my very special guest. And uh, well, Alan, you've got a fantastic uh, new uh, project, uh, which is making a very real difference uh, to Ethiopia. Uh, when, When I first saw the name Navigators, I wasn't quite sure what it referred to, but I'll let you tell us.
1: Okay, yes, thank, thanks, Blair. Um, so so we um, have just embarked on um, a, a project in uh, Ethiopia. Um, so this is a joint medical and uh, evangelistic outreach project um, uh, with Leading the Way. Um, and we have linked up with a London-based consultant surgeon uh, who makes regular trips to Ethiopia with a small team of volunteers to um, deliver... Uh, medical help. And th- this help is going to uh, people, you know, who are very poor uh, and needy and, and marginalized. Uh, and this includes drug addicts, um, prostitutes and, uh, and people who are uh, homeless. Um, and this medical team uses these opportunities to share the gospel and solid Bible teaching uh, through the distribution of um, these navigators which uh, Blair just mentioned and basically these are uh, pocket missionaries um, so uh, the, the navigator is a solar powered device, it's about the size of a mobile phone, uh, it doesn't need internet or electricity um, and the device is loaded with the audio Bible uh, and up to to 50 of Dr. Michael Youssef's uh, Bible teaching messages in the local language and we can produce these devices in probably 30 uh, languages across across the world so the navigator allows the delivery of solid Bible teaching into remote areas of the world um, where there's no electricity um, where there are areas of high uh, illiteracy rates um, they can go into closed countries where Bibles are forbidden so the gospel is a great tool to reach, you know, places like refugee camps or homeless centres or prisons uh, or underground churches and uh, and so on. So it's really a tool that is um, revolutionising mission work in uh, in these places. But the medical work in Ethiopia um, is offered to those who simply can't afford government provided healthcare. Um, so prostitutes, for example, living in shelters. Uh, benefit from cervical screening. Uh, Elderly women living in rural communities uh, receive surgery, um, for example, you know, for pelvic organ prolapse, uh, and individuals living in homeless shelters receive treatment for for diabetes and other general medical conditions. So this work has been going on for about 10 years. Uh, Over 20,000 individuals have received treatment And the number of patients each year um, is expected to grow significantly. Over a thousand of these navigator devices have been handed out to those who have received uh, treatment. Um, And uh, in our experience, one navigator will probably reach about uh, 10 people. So a thousand navigators will have reached 10,000 people with the gospel. And the majority of these people have never never um, previously read or listened to the Bible in their uh, own language. And I remember a story that came back just recently uh, was of a former prostitute who was blinded by HIV. Um, she smiled for the first time uh, when she received the gift of God's word um, through this navigator um, device. Uh, so, Many thousands of people are being uh, impacted by this ministry. Uh, the work is growing, uh, and the demand for these navigators is uh, increasing significantly.
0: How much does each each unit cost to produce? Alan?
1: Yeah, so each navigator costs about twenty pounds. Uh, so that includes the cost of the device, um, producing the content, loading the content, and then the the, the shipping. Uh, costs, um, and our uh, uh, plan and vision uh, really is to give uh, the gift of God's word to many more thousands of people who are receiving uh, this this medical treatment, and as I said earlier, you know, this is going to, um, you know, to some of the poorest people across uh, Ethiopia, you know, those who have been outcast and have really been uh, forgotten. So our target over the next phase is to distribute a further 5,000 navigators. This potentially will reach uh, 50,000 people with, um, with the gospel, um, but we need to raise um, a further uh, 10,000 pounds to reach our target of being able to distribute those uh, 5,000 devices. So we have, have done really well with our fundraising. There is a gap uh, of, of 10,000 pounds achieve our target uh and, and Blair would it be um all right if I you know just um told your listeners about if they wanted to help uh, how they can do that oh, would that yeah. be okay yes
0: absolutely absolutely go go for it
1: so if any uh people listening today w- would like to help with this and uh, and make a gift you can do that in in two ways you can either go to the leading the way website uh, which is at ltw.org and click the donation button uh, or you can phone the leading the way office in the UK um, and the telephone number for that is 0800 432 0419 uh, and speak to one of our staff members there. So any help that you were able to give to help us close that gap and enable us to reach our target of sending those 5,000 navigators would be hugely appreciated.
0: And of course, the most important thing, and in, in, in what you've shared, is the is the tremendous difference. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we were talking about the, you know, what God did on on the Isle of Lewis, but here in our contemporary world, what God can do with a, a little device uh, powered by the sun—i uh, and I guess you 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 have many many stories of how people's lives are being impacted by by having the use of these little devices.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, Ethiopia is is just one example of, of where this ministry is, you know, helping to share the gospel. So, you know, the, the, the Navigator is, is being produced, as I mentioned earlier, probably in about 30 different languages. Uh, it, it is going, you know, it, it is revolutionizing mission work across the world. You know, it goes to places where you don't need electricity, where you don't need Internet. It, it's simply an MP3 player um and and we have um you know people on the ground uh in these difficult to reach places you know who are working with local christians working with local churches uh to get these navigators you know to the right places where where people need them you know who would never ever see um a, a paper bible um and we are getting stories coming back nearly every day you know, of lives that are being transformed because these people are hearing the good news of Jesus for the first time. And of course, you know, when people do become Christians, then there is solid Bible teaching on these navigator devices as well, um, which helps people, you know, grow in their Christian faith. So it is an amazing tool.
0: I suppose then that means that even the most isolated people, because I reckon that in, in if it, you know, I've never been to the, to that country, I guess there's lots of uh, people in yeah. the rural areas that we otherwise be very isolated, so in a way they've got their their own home pastor in the form of Michael Youssef through their little device.
1: Yes, ab- absolutely, and, and, and we hear stories of, um, you, you, you know, you might get a couple of navigators going into a local district, um, and 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 what the village will do is they they will you know hang the navigator on a tree, uh, and the village will, will will gather around and and listen to it. And we've now got a device, you know, that you can plug into a loudspeaker system, so you don't have to huddle around the device. You know, it, it, it can be broadcast more widely than that. So so we reckon that one navigator will reach probably ten people. It actually may be. Maybe more than that, you know, if you can hook it up to a PA system or something like that. But it is absolutely revolutionising, you know, the way we get the gospel into um, those those difficult places across the world.
0: And just to, to reiterate what, what Alan said there, that you know, if, if you could make a donation, did you say they were about twenty pounds each of the, each device? The cost of
1: twenty. Twenty pounds each. Yes, that's
0: right. So, yes. So I guess I, I mean a donation of twenty pounds gets you one device. But I mean, if, obviously, for every everything that you're able to give, it's making a difference yes. to people at the you know, at the sharp. End. And just a reminder that that, that web address is www dot uh, or that telephone number eight hundred four three two zero four one nine. This is Hope FM. Oliver, there was a time for needing grace uh, in this crazy old world of ours. It, it's got to be now. And of course that's not just true of our own country, Alan. It's true all over the world, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to finish uh, really with um, just, just some thoughts that I've had recently about um, you know, the hope, assurance and security that um, you know, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can um, can can give. And I think if I can just just come back to where I began with with my own um, faith um, story uh, and journey. You know, I think if we look back over the you know the the, the past year, um, it it is so clear that we are now part of a world which is desperately searching for uh, answers. Um, you know, I think that the COVID pandemic has thrown the world into uh, you know a sense of crisis and and, and chaos and uncertainty. So many people are now fearful, they're looking for hope, peace, uh, and order in their lives. Um, But, you know, for those who are trusting Jesus as Lord and Saviour, we we know that there is absolutely nothing to fear. Um, Romans 8 um, says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? Um, And the Apostle Paul goes on to say, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, uh, nor angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus um, our Lord. And I was just thinking, recently you know um, to just four questions that many people I think are asking uh, in, increasingly. Um, the, the first is how can I have hope and certainty in a world that seems to be falling apart? How do I cope with fear, anxiety and disappointment you know so failure, family breakdown, bereavement, the loss of a job? how do I, how do I cope when I'm at the toughest point in my life and I don't know how to carry on? um and then how can i know that god wants to intervene in my life in the most unexpected um and intimate ways um and i know that i've proved over the last 50 years um since i put my trust in jesus christ you know that jesus does meet every need um he he never lets you down and i keep going back to psalm 16 Um, which says, you, Lord, are all I have. You give me everything I need. My life is completely in your hands. I'm always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near, and nothing can ever shake me. And Blair, I just wonder if I could close by, I just came across um, an extract from a story uh, of an African martyr that was written just before uh, his death, and, and and I found this quite profound and and, and very moving. So, if I, if I could just uh, close yes, with this, that, that would be great. Please
0: share that on. Yeah.
1: So, basically, this is a powerful call to stand firm in Christ, no matter what the situation, or the circumstance, or the cost. um And and this um, person wrote these words. He said, uh, "I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast." I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his, and I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm done and finished with low living, slight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colourless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, Cheap living and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, lavish wealth, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right or first or tops or recognized or praised or rewarded. I live by faith, lean on His presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by Holy Spirit's power. My face is set. My gate is fast, my goal is heaven. My road may be narrow, my way rough, my companions few, but my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I will not be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or hesitate in the presence of the adversary. I will not negotiate at the table of the enemy ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity i won't give up shut up or let up until i have stayed up stored up prayed up paid up and preached up for the cause of christ i am a disciple of jesus i must give it until i drop preach until all know and work until he comes and when he does come for his own He'll have no problems recognising me. My colours will be clear. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.